The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals being interviewed and do not necessarily represent those of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. You are listening to It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Rachel Lawrence, filling in for Katie Worthington-Decker. Each episode, I get the privilege to speak to the amazing people taking Winter Haven and its surrounding Central Florida area to the next level. We're future-focused, celebrating our entrepreneurial history and leveraging it for our bright future ahead. This podcast is produced by the Winter Haven Chamber, but made possible through a phenomenal partnership with Dolphin Image Studios. Our producer from Dolphin Image Studios is Nate. Hey, Nate, tell our listeners a little bit about your studios. All right. Dolphin Image Studios is a uh, full production film and television studio. We offer a 3,000 square foot soundstage, psych wall, LED wall, and a podcast studio. If you want to find us, just go to facebook.com backslash Dolphin Image Studios. We believe it's important to continue to release our podcast throughout the coronavirus crisis. We hope you find this as a nice diversion to something very heavy we are all going through right now. At the Chamber, we continue to promote our local business community, but how we promote and how we communicate with our businesses and the community has adapted to the, to the quote, new normal. We want to encourage everyone of you listening to this podcast to make a pledge to invest your money in our local community. As we shift into the first phase of the safe, smart, step-by-step plan for Florida's recovery, we need to adapt to those new regulations while continuing to support our neighbors. And when this is all over and it will end, we will be here to help rebuild. Please note, this episode was recorded virtually during COVID-19. In today's episode, Jennifer Fasking and Chelsea Groose of State Farm walk us through some of the wonderful initiatives State Farm is implementing and what they have in store for us in the future. In our next segment, we are joined by Alice Natal, Director of Behavioral Health at Lakeland Regional Health and co-chair of the Polk Vision Behavioral Health Team. Alice shares her insight regarding mental health and mental wellness related to COVID-19. Finally, Brian Adams, the CEO of Advent Health Heart of Florida, gives us an update on the reopening of their facilities. This podcast would not be possible without our chamber and investor businesses stepping up to support us. We'd like to thank one of our podcast presenting sponsors, Advent Health. Advent Health is a local leader in healthcare and is committed to providing care while extending the healing ministry of Christ. With the national focus on COVID-19, Advent Health would like to remind our listeners if they have questions about the coronavirus, they can speak to Advent Health experts by calling the hotline at 877-VIRUS-HQ. That's 877-847-8747. If you believe you've been exposed to COVID-19 or have specific symptoms of fever, cough, shortness of breath, or trouble breathing, please contact your primary care provider or go to the nearest Advent Health Center Care located in Winter Haven at 7375 Cypress Gardens Boulevard. Again, if you have questions regarding COVID-19, please call the hotline at 877-VIRUS-HQ. Advent Health is here to provide the answers that you need.
We are delighted to welcome to the show Jennifer Fasking, Credit Union Operations Manager, and Chelsea Groose, Claims Manager with State Farm. We love the slogan, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And today we will hear more from Chelsea and Jennifer and the wonderful program State Farm in our Winter Haven neighborhood. Welcome to the show. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. I know that we hear job titles all the time, but what, what are your jobs within State Farm? Well, we're excited to be here. Thank you. Um, So this is Chelsea, and my job is the claims manager, and I manage all of the auto um, injury claims in the Winter Haven Operations Center. We handle claims. Yeah, we handle claims from Florida, North Carolina, and West Virginia. That's got to be quite a few calls. Quite a few calls, quite a few cars, um, quite a few um, people that we get to help every day. Well, that's good. That's good. How about you, Jennifer? Yes, we have a credit union, which most people don't know about because it's a State Farm Associate Benefit Program. So for employees and agents and uh, retirees and family members, we have great loan rates and great share rates. So we're pretty simple and I work virtually and oversee some a couple processing centers and our, our what we call member care stations. Other people would call them branches. So that's what I do every day. Wow. And, and you cover quite a geographical distance, right? Yes, we have the entire company. So we support uh, the credit union for the entire company. Oh, my. Well, you ladies must be crazy busy. And we really do thank you for your time. State Farm have been a wonderful partner here in Winter Haven for many, many years. Um, and they've been very proactive in that. Uh, but can you tell us some more about the new programs that you have coming online, the, the Neighborhood of Good the, or the 100 for Good program? Sure, Amanda. This uh, Actually, we were trying to figure out just how long uh, State Farm has been in the Winter Haven community, and I, I couldn't get an exact date. Uh, some people say 1963, some say 1965. But anyway, I think we can agree it's sometime in the early 60s. And yeah. uh, so it's it's been quite a while. And we have about 1,100 associates in this location. Next year, State Farm, or is it 2022, State Farm will be celebrating its 100-year anniversary. And so along with that, uh, we have challenged our associates to complete 100 acts of good. And those can be anything from donating to their favorite cause mm-hmm. or volunteering. I volunteer for the Winter Haven Youth Soccer, so I um, nice. spend time out there and a few other places. And Or it can be helping a neighbor. Right now in, in our yeah. challenging times, that could be delivering groceries or yeah. just you know helping somebody in their yard. So we're, we're, we're excited about that. We have quite a few people in the Winter Haven Operations Center that are already over their 100. That's wonderful. So they're, they're kind of completing these tasks ahead of the anniversary. So it's all going to be celebrated in 2022? Yes, the That's anniversary cool. is in 2022. Uh, we started this leading up to the anniversary to build some momentum uh, to recognize that uh, monumental occasion. That's that's really good. I mean, it, it, there's lots of good things that, that your associates have done across our community. Um, and, and it's nice to see that a company supporting their employees doing that. And, and I, I understand that you also have a, a Good Neighbor Grant. Um, how does that work? Yeah, so the Good Neighbor Grant is 
um, just one aspect. It, it does play off of the neighborhood of good. And so State Farm Company Foundation will award a $500 grant on behalf of each eligible employee. That's also for our agents and even retirees who individually or as a team volunteer a minimum of 40 hours um, per year to an eligible nonprofit organization. And so that's a way where we can we can not only give back with our time, but then State Farm supports the employees, the retirees, and the agents with a donation of money. Wow, that's really fantastic. I, I don't I don't think I, I I knew about that one. That's really, really great. And and so is that is that the is that something separate to the employee matching grant? Yes, actually it is. The the matching gifts program for is again for employees, agents and retirees, but if it, we are making charitable contributions to qualifying nonprofit organizations, uh, State Farm will match that up to $1500 per calendar year. In addition, uh, between qualified two and four year US colleges and universities up to $3000 per calendar year. And this can be divided up in um, to multiple nonprofits. It does not all have to be to the same nonprofit. Wow. So an employee would tell the organization where those matching funds would need to go. We have a we have a system all set up in place. So employees go out and they log in the donation that they've made and it is handled behind the scenes. The it gets verified with that organization and it gets it gets sent and the employee gets an email once the uh, matching contribution has been made. That's really phenomenal. The actual definition of a good neighbor. You gotta it, love that. <laughs> you, you gotta love, you do, you do. And, and switching tracks a little bit, but, but talking about things that you love, what, what do you each most enjoy work? I mean, it, it's clearly a wonderful organization, but what do you each enjoy most about working for State Farm? I can tell you a little bit about my, one of my favorite things is, and and we talk about it at work and it's that it's a family. So this is our State Farm family. And I started right out of college. I've been with State Farm for 16 years and I've moved and lived in um, five different states with State Farm. And so when I get to travel, whether it be for personal or for work, uh, I always connect with the people that I worked with. And it's, it's just like, you know, seeing a cousin that you haven't seen in a few years and just getting to connect and feeling like I'm really connected to people all over the country. And we're yeah. really connected. We're connected by our desire to do good and, and to help people um, recover during the times that, you know, sometimes are not the best moments in their lives. So we typically are not talking to people um, during good times, but typically mm-hmm. during those tough times. And so one of my favorite things about working in claims is just getting people getting to help people recover during those times. Yeah, that's that that is a it's a good place to be to help people through the difficult times. Jennifer, what about you? Wow, I don't know if I can I can say it any better than Chelsea just did, but I would completely agree it is the people. I have not lived in quite as many states, but I have created quite a network of friends uh, that I still visit on business travel and other places and it really does uh, feel good to reconnect and, and have that common common ground. And as an organization, while I don't work in claims, I think that feeling of really trying to do good both in the community and with our policyholders uh, and in my role with our internal associates, it just feels good to help other people. 
Yeah, and I, and I think by supporting your associates, it puts them in a good space to then feel enabled to help the wider the wider communities, which which is amazing. I know that, and, and Chelsea touched on it, we, we are all going through some tough times right now, particularly more, more than probably ever. And I know that there's going to be some folks out there looking for work. Um, so if somebody was looking to build a career and to join the State Farm family, um, how would they go about doing that? So one of the things that you can do is you can go on to um, statefarm.com forward slash careers, and you can look for opportunities either in Winter Haven or if you're looking for other opportunities or you have family members that might be looking for other opportunities, our current openings are there and you can keep an eye on that. And um, often we will have um, openings here in our Winter Haven office. That's cool. Tell, tell me that, that site again one more time, Chelsea. It's statefarm.com forward slash careers. Nice. I, I think you might be getting some traffic to that site. It, it sounds like a wonderful place to work. Great. Um, if, if somebody was looking to get into it, what would be some advice that, because you both have clearly been with State Farm a good while now and you see a lot of staff coming in. So what would be your advice to somebody that's wanting to get into the industry and particularly to work with a company like State Farm? So I think if you, you know, re, what I would say is your desire to help people. So you heard Jennifer and I both talk about that's really what is the core of our business. And so our claims operation is one of our largest um, areas that we typically have openings in. And so many people start their careers at State Farm working in claims. And so that's going to be an area where you get to talk to customers every day. You get to look at their claim information and help them recover. And then if you have an, if you have an interest in other areas, there's so many areas at State Farm that you can, that people will typically then move on to. But I would say the one core thing about all of us is our desire to help people, whether it's helping our customers or servicing and helping those who are on the front lines helping our customers. And I think your interest in being connected with a company that's present in the, in the, um, in the community and has a desire to do good and give back. Yeah, that's a good point. And I know that, I know, I know that many of your team members and your associates are heavily involved particularly in Winter Haven and Polk County that, that, and I know that must spread across the country, but, you know, with all kinds of nonprofits and community organizations and drives and, and our chamber as well. So, you know, you guys have been tremendous partners with us at the chamber for many, many years and with our nonprofits um, here in town. And, and we thank you for that um, very much so. Um, is there anything, any other kind of messages that you want to get out to the community about the programs that you have running or about anything that you would want them to know about State Farm before we sign off? Um, just one thing I wanted to mention was that um, part of our um, acts of good or our desire to do good, we've opened up the neighborhoodofgood.com website and anybody can visit that. That's for everyone in our community. And again, that's neighborhoodofgood.com. And what you'll find there is you have the ability to go in and select a drop down and talk about what you're passionate about. And then you can put in your zip code. And when you do that, opportunities to volunteer will come up. And it gives you such an amazing opportunity to see what you're interested in and what you can do for your community. 
and again, that's open to all um, all who are, who are listening to this. And um, that's not just something that we do for our employees. That's really our desire to get everybody involved in the community and giving back. Oh, how wonderful. Neighborhoodofgood.com. In addition to what Chelsea shared about signing on to the neighborhoodofgood.com to find opportunities, we are also looking for nonprofit organizations to put their opportunities out there. So please, uh, if you are a not-for-profit and have a need, register on neighborhoodofgood.com and we will work to get your opportunity included so that people can volunteer for it. How great. So it's like a matching service. It's like, hey, I want to do this type of volunteer work. And hey, guess what? This nonprofit just around the corner has a need. So we can match them together. I love it. Thank and you so everybody much. Wins. Yay. We will make sure we link to that too in, in our podcast and on our website when we put this out there. I, I love that idea. I love the idea of getting everybody involved. Um, it's certainly what we work towards as, as a community um, and particularly at all times, but particularly in difficult times like these. Um, I just, I wanted to say thank you, ladies. I so appreciate your time and sharing with us. I really, really appreciate the partnerships that we have with State Farm um, the scholarships that you guys help um, and underwrite um, for our students, the community projects and programs that you sponsor. We literally could not do this without partners like yourselves. So we truly appreciate you. Thank you for your time today. Please stay safe during all of this. And we will um, get give everybody uncomfortably long hugs once we get to the other end of this. So um, I would thank you for being here and stay safe. And we will see you soon. Thank you, thank you for, for the partnership and, and having us here today. Yes, thank you so much. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of local businesses in the Winter Haven community, including our presenting sponsor, Fred Simons Insurance Agency. That's right. There's a new farmer's insurance agent in your neighborhood. Meet Fred Simons with the Fred Simons Insurance Agency located at 325 Avenue C Southwest, Winter Haven, Florida. As the road you travel changes, so can your insurance needs. Give Fred Simons a call today at 863-259-1826 so he can help you as you assess whether you're ready for the journey ahead. That's Farmers Insurance Agent Fred Simons at 863-259-1826. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are Farmers. Bum, ba, da, bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers, Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. In our next segment, we are joined by Kim Long, Director of Polk Vision, and Alice Natal, Director of Behavioral Health at Lakeland Regional Health and co-chair of the Polk Vision Behavioral Health Team. Alice is a clinical expert in the field of behavioral health. Welcome to the podcast, Alice. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here with you today. So my role at Lakeland Regional is I am the Director of Behavioral Health, and I'm actually also on the exploratory team 
for Polk Vision here in Polk County. I am a nurse um, by trade. I have been in the behavioral health space for over two decades and have been a leader in multiple um, areas that impact um, behavioral health services. I also um, was actually born in Lakeland. I was born at Lakeland Regional Health, um, but have been um, practicing in my trade um, from in Nashville, Tennessee for uh, many, many years and just recently um, was recruited and moved back um, right under two years ago back to Lakeland to really help us um, here expand and network um, in the behavioral health space. So it's great to be back and thank you um, for giving me some time to speak on this very important topic. So as I know all of us have very front of mind the effects of the coronavirus COVID-19 on our families, on our daily habits and patterns. Um, we are constantly talking about washing our hands, social distancing, the financial impact that this has had on our communities. We also really need to focus as well on our own mental health and the mental wellness of our community. And the reason is, is that anytime you are facing a situation where there are a lot of uncertainties, you have increased stress. And as most of us as Floridians know, we actually are good survivors. We have been through things before. We know what it is like when we're watching that hurricane come towards our city. We've been through other types of events in our own families. And people have survived things. But something like this that is this prolonged is really unprecedented. And so because of that, the uncertainty has really increased the anxiety about when will things go back to normal? When will I feel safe again? And when you pile on top of that, that it has not just affected our work lives. I know here at the hospital, our workflows and how we are supporting our team has really changed in the last two months. It has affected every industry and also every home. So no matter if you are an older adult that you feel like you are higher risk for the virus, or if you're a young person that is managing, um, you know, distant learning with your family and your caregivers, there are a lot of ripple effects that affect our mental health. So some of the things that we may feel is that when we're not getting to see every day those people that may be um, our good support network, we feel more isolated, but we have to really work on reminding ourselves and our neighbors, that even though we are isolated, it does not mean we're socially disconnected. And so really being very mindful about reaching out to people, um, taking their mental temperature, not just their physical temperature. Mm -hmm. We talk all the time about making sure, you know, you're aware of your physical symptoms and do you have a cough and do you have a temperature? Well, make sure that when you have those intentional moments of talking with people in your workplace, in your business, um, in your neighborhood, or if you're on a call with someone that's very transactional, it may be worth in these current circumstances to go the extra mile and say, how are you doing? How are things at home? Are you feeling okay? A really good and easy way to take someone's mental health temperature is to talk with them about in the last day, um, what was your high and what was your low? That is a wonderful, very non-obtrusive way or to um, talk with somebody about what's going right, what's going wrong, what are your current stresses right now. It works with kids. It works with people of all adults. And you can do it easily on the phone. You can even do it in a text message. 
Um, so that's a really good um, kind of thing to remember. I love that. I know for my family, every night when we sit down at dinner, I always, I always ask my fiance, hey, what was the best part of your day? But I think that's uh, a great um, reminder to make sure that you're also checking in on them to make sure, you know, their mental health health is is okay and in check. Um, I know the other day I was oh. just a little stressed out. My fiance was like, hey, how's your mental health? And I was like, thank you. Thank you for, you know, being mindful of that. Well, Rachel, yes. it seems like you naturally step into that realm of uh, caring about and taking the temperature, emotional and, and well-being of uh, those that are around you. Is there any tips or anything for an employer to be thinking about? Because I know a lot of our listeners are responsible for others during this time. Is there anything supportive or mindful that they need to uh, enact at, at the workplace? Well, in our workplaces, we really need to be focused on the concept of resiliency. And resiliency means that um, you help the people that you are working with and that are working for you and with you um, to be in a positive, um, you know, problem-solving frame of mind and knowledge that we are going to get through this if we are together. Now, the thing that's important about resiliency is many people may feel like, oh, gosh, I'm kind of a negative, pessimistic person, or maybe others may seem like that they're more positive and that that comes uh, more naturally to them. Resiliency is like a muscle that if you use it and if you work on it and you talk about it, it really is something that you can improve. You can become more resilient. And again, this concept is for adults and young people alike. Um, as an employer, we are going to only be able to support our teams in being innovative, being collaborative in this new environment, um, you know, as from businesses through healthcare to retail, if we also know that we are helping take care of their mental health. Now, one of the other things I wanted to mention was um, it is common Everybody at this point is having to make very, very hard decisions. We're all being faced with very hard budgetary decisions. We're having to look at which staff is essential, which can go home, what level of risk are we putting people in? And again, from the food industry to the retail space to the healthcare space. Um, and when you're faced with these very difficult, almost kind of morally distressing decisions day after day after day, you can have, in some ways, almost a moral injury, or you can have a psychological trauma from being faced with such hard, high-stakes decisions. But what research and evidence shows us is that there is no time more important than when our team members and our leaders are being faced with these kind of high-stakes decisions, that we need to support them, and there's two ways of doing that. We need to check on people frequently. So like I talked about earlier, checking their mental health temperature. How are you doing today? You know, what can I do to support you? I know this is hard. Let's just talk about it for a few minutes. And the other thing is being very transparent, making sure we are very open and honest with people about the situation, what may be coming down the pike, and that things are evolving. We may not have all the answers right now. We know that if leaders and managers and business owners can be checking on people frequently with how they're doing with these hard decisions and being very transparent with them, 
that people are more likely to be resilient and move into a space of what we would call post-traumatic growth. This is a really cool concept that did you know that teens who face situations and stresses like this on the other side of it can become more productive and more close tight-knit than ever before if they are supported through the crisis time. That Thank you so much for your personal and professional observations regarding um, resiliency and the importance of us being mindful during this period of time. Um, can you briefly talk about how we're going to come through the other side of this? What, what do you forecast in the coming weeks as social distancing starts to loosen up a bit? Well, I want to make sure that I mention, um, because I haven't, you know, we've spent a couple minutes here talking about some things that we can do to be checking on people, be preventative, be aware mm -hmm. that COVID truly is impacting our mental health. Um, but I want to focus on them on a, for a second, on what is it like for people that may have already been experiencing mental health concerns. We know that one in five individuals in our community right now have some type of mental health um, diagnosis or situation that could use some type of support. And I guarantee you it is now more than one in five. Almost everybody needs additional support. But if you notice that people are having a hard time, um, you know, communicating if they don't feel like themselves, we need to encourage people to get help. And we really need to remind people that there are wonderful organizations here in our county that are dedicated to caring for people with behavioral health needs. And most of us have moved to all telemedicine, so we can easily interface with someone on a smartphone, on a tablet. Um, for a short period of time, it may not be even needed long term, but help talk them through what it is like and how to help balance their stress. Um, in addition to making sure we get the resources out there, one of the interesting things that we have come um, to learn is that from our other um sister organizations across the country, somewhere in New England and New Jersey and Chicago and Michigan, what they are seeing that right as COVID peaks and they begun to, we begin to see community numbers start to trickle off and business, as Kim said, starts to get back to normal, that is when we start to see an increase in people with mental health needs. Because for this, you know, first two months or this first kind of period, people are sort of white knuckling it to stay home, um, you know, kind of contain themselves. They're almost afraid to reach out and go to clinics and, and reach out for help. But as our life starts to pick back up again, but the stress of COVID hasn't completely resolved, we see that there are a lot of people that need help. So really um, what the takeaway from that is, is knowing to be open and mindful, watching people for signs and symptoms that they may need some additional support, Start with a simple question about what's going on, how can I help you? And then if you feel like that you don't have the tools to appropriately support that person, refer them. Refer them to someone like myself or many of my other very good partners here in our county in this, in this line of work. Well, thank you so much for this discussion today. There are so many layers and so many helpful um, points that could be made in the whole realm of behavioral health. I'm afraid we're probably running out of time or maybe over time. Rachel, do you have any closing remarks that you'd like to make? Well, Alice, I just wanted uh, to I mirror what exactly what Kim said. Thank you so much for joining us today to speak. Um, this is such a 
massive subject and um, we could go on for days about it, I'm sure. So um, just giving us a brief summary of what we can do during this time is very important. And I, I think all of our listeners need to hear that. So thank you again. Absolutely. It's been a joy to be with you today. Wonderful. Thank you for your continuing engagement and support of Full uh, Vision. We appreciate it. podcast would not be possible without our chamber investor businesses stepping up to support us. We'd like to thank one of our podcast presenting sponsors, Meeks Real Estate. Winter Haven was rated by Realtor.com as our number one hottest real estate market. Do you need help navigating your home search? Meeks Real Estate LLC is owned and operated by broker Realtor, Carla Meeks. Carla has over 14 years of experience in residential and commercial real estate, as well as her GRI designation. Her office is located at 1510 North Broadway Avenue in Bartow but Carla is actively involved in all of Polk County. Call or text Carla at any time. She would love to help you buy, sell, build, and invest in Central Florida. 863-604-9287 or visit carlamakesrealtor.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-M-E-E-K-S realtor.com. In our next segment, we are joined by Brian Adams. As the market CEO, Brian Adams oversees Advent Health's new and future assets in the Polk market, which includes the recent acquisition of Heart of Florida Medical Center, Lake Wales Medical Center, two urgent care centers, a freestanding emergency department, and the related physician practices. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you today. We're, we're happy to have you join us. So, Brian, as we are in phase one of the safe, smart, step-by-step plan, can you tell us about the reopening process for Advent Health Heart of Florida and the Lake Wales Hospitals? Absolutely. You know, it's been our pleasure to care for the community throughout the COVID-19 situation. And, you know, hospitals have been a critical um, piece of keeping the community safe from day one. Um, with phase one reopening, what it allows the hospitals to do, those that have enough personal protective equipment to protect staff and patients and visitors, is to re-begin elective procedures. Um, so we were doing emergencies the entire time, um, but really those things that people have been putting off and um, that can potentially cause harm if you put it off too long, mm-hmm. we've been able to reopen to do those types of urgent and elective procedures, which is really important for the health of our community. Absolutely. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the safety measures that are being implemented within the hospitals? Absolutely. You know, we take the safety of our patients and our team members and our guests very seriously at Advent Health. And so, We've been able to really study best practices 
and implement all of those before we were even um, began the elective procedure process. You know, the first and probably most important is making sure we have the personal protective equipment mm -hmm. to protect our team and patients. And we do have that here. So those team members um, that need that personal protective equipment to care for patients have had access to it the entire time. We also began temperature checks very early in the process for all of our staff. Mm -hmm. We continue to do that as well as doing temperature checks on all visitors that come to the hospital. Oh, wow. So we know it's so important for patients to have a visitor with them. And so we've, in phase one, we've adjusted our visitor policy mm -hmm. um, so that patients can have one visitor, but that visitor does receive a mask, just like all of our patients do, and they also have their temperature checked upon arrival. So we have that in place for physicians, our staff, our patients, and their visitors. We've also um, done social distancing within the hospital. So you'll see marks on the floor in areas where team uh, members or visitors might congregate, like lines at the cafeteria, where those are six feet apart. We've removed uh, chairs from waiting rooms to really force that social distancing and we provide a separate uh, care environment for any COVID positive patients. So we have a dedicated unit where those patients are so that we can really give them the best care mm -hmm. and then also keep non-COVID patients separate and protected. So lots of key things going on. The other one I'm really excited about is our work with contactless registration where people that are ready to go see their community physician if they go see an Advent Health physician, they'll be able to register on the app and even wait in their car and receive notifications so they never have to use a waiting room in one of our doctor's offices. So oh, wow. lots of great steps going in to ensure that we keep our community safe. That's fantastic. What are some of the other changes the community members should expect at the hospitals as a part of the quote new normal? Yeah, so just like if you go to a business and maybe you see things you're not used to. So one of the places that I appreciate the work they've done is Costco, uh, yet the experience is a little different because there's that plexiglass barricade in between you and the cashier. Mm -hmm. um, so we have many of those things that have been put into place. So when you do come into our emergency room, the registrar is sitting behind um, you know, a plexiglass to protect both you and them. And then it is a little different, just like when you walk into a Costco now, everyone has a mask on. It's the same situation here in the hospital where we're masking everyone. And so that is an adjustment. Mm -hmm. We've also gone to all grab-and-go food or staff-served food. So it used to be we had a wonderful um, salad bar and now we have prepackaged salads. So we've really gone through the process of thinking of everything. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that's important if patients are afraid or uncertain is we do offer a hotline where patients or families or community members can call. It's offered free of charge. And the number is 1-877-VIRUS-HQ. And that is for anyone at home that has questions about the steps we're taking or questions about their own personal health that they can call and access to get answers. And 
we know it's so important for people to look after their health at this time and not delay that care. And we want to make sure they feel comfortable coming back to a hospital environment. That's wonderful. And just to confirm, Brian, you said that number for the hotline is one eight seven seven virus hq That's right. Yes. And that's available 24 hours a day. And it's a great service to the community to receive that information. Thank you so much. Brian, I'm so glad that uh, we were able to connect today and um, just take a few few minutes to notify our community of the wonderful new procedures that Advent Health and Heart of Florida and um, the Lake Wales hospitals are implementing to follow the safety guidelines. Thank you so much for sharing that information. It was my pleasure. And I think it's so important that as healthcare providers in the community, we share with people that taking care of your health uh, is more important than a lot of people's fears as it relates to COVID. And hospitals are as safe or safer than they've ever been. Mm -hmm. So please, if you're experiencing medical conditions um, that you would normally go and seek help for, please don't delay those. We don't want to miss a heart attack or a stroke or any of those type of things due to our community's fear. And so our job is really to get the message out um, of all the safety things we've, we're doing. And you've been so helpful on that today. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you. For another episode of It's Happening in the Haven, we'd like to thank our guests for today's podcast, Jennifer Fasking and Chelsea Groose with State Farm, Kim Long of Polk Vision, Alice Natal of Lakeland Regional Health, and Brian Adams, CEO of Advent Health Heart of Florida. Be sure to tune in every week to It's Happening in the Haven, available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. To learn more about Winter Haven and the Chamber, visit winterhavenchamber.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We hope you learn a little bit more about our community today and even more about the people who are shaping its future. After all, no true community exists without the people who form it. Winter Haven. Some call it a haven. We call it home. <laughs>